particularly since IT was such a new kind of profession, almost met with that too. Like, you know, like, oh, you did, you know, I remember hearing, you know, you, you know, you, oh, you didn't actually have to go to school to learn what you did <laughs> or you do, you know, like, <laughs> backhanded compliment. <laughs> Are you impressed by that or not impressed? Yeah, by no, that? I don't think they're impressed at all. <laughs> Welcome to the Artist Engineer Podcast. Join me, Tony Tran. And me, Bill Robert Pazzi. Along with our amazing guests, as we explore how people's inner artist and inner engineer present themselves in their technical careers, in the art they create, and most importantly, in living creative lives. On this special theme episode, it's just your hosts, Bill and Tony, and we unpack the idea of bringing your whole self to work. We recap how our guests have brought their artist and engineer lives to work, as well as share some of our own experiences. What does bringing your whole self to work mean to us? Authentic versus adaptive, self-awareness and being comfortable in your own skin, the benefits that we get from a full and diverse set of experiences, and how to navigate professional standards, work culture, and social media. Well, this is very exciting. It's, I was just looking at our, our settings. We're, we're both recording this uh, from New York State. You deep in the heart of Manhattan, and me in rural upstate New York, and and our uh, our modern decor in one place, and my uh, my country uh, bedroom, yeah, <laughs> in the other. So uh, very fitting. He wore a flannel shirt for the occasion. So, <laughs> and me in my all my all black metro black <laughs> metro black exactly. <laughs> this episode of the artist engineer podcast. Uh, a little bit different than what we've done up till now. So this will be our 15th episode. And we uh, have had guests on for pretty much every episode. And that was certainly our goal. And we'll continue with that. But we thought uh, this would be a nice time to actually check in with each other and talk about themes. You know, the theme of the show is the artist engineer, which is these kind of dual but very uh, complementary personalities and skill types. And we've seen themes in the various guests emerge. So we thought we would do you know, every, uh, every quarter, maybe a theme episode where it's just Bill and Tony talking about themes the way we do kind of outside of the episodes. We get to kind of unpack what we heard and what we learned. And, and we're always kind of interested in that and then share it with people. Before we have guests on, after we have guests on, a lot of interesting conversations that we uh, don't share until now. Exactly, exactly. The the theme that we we pick is bring your whole self to work, and and that theme seems fitting. Um, we've kind of went into this almost expecting to hear about people's whole self, and that's a funny word because maybe you never really get to know a whole person, but more than you do just in a professional way, talking about professional topics or in a uh, artistic or a life way. And, uh, and, and I think we've experienced that. We've heard two sides of people's lives, which has been really interesting. Some of the themes that came out has been interesting. People shared that uh, sometimes, you know, a few of them have it very well integrated and, and, uh, and they uh, are able to bring their artistic nature right into their jobs and use it that way. Some actually kept it very separate and almost had a need to keep it separate, worrying maybe they wouldn't be seen in a, in a very professional manner if people 
thought they were more interested in their art. So they really kept those compartmentalized. And some did that for a good portion of their career. And then later in their career, allowed their artistic side to flourish or maybe even shared it with colleagues and saw actually a benefit to that, being almost more authentic. So, so that was kind of some of the themes. I think it's going to be a good conversation. And maybe we start out a little more with just kind of what do we, when we think about, uh, you know, when you think about, Tony, what, what does it mean to bring your whole self to work? How are you defining it? That is a very good question because uh, I, I don't know how I would define it because I don't think there's one, one answer. Definitely, I think we'll touch on, on this later, depending on the situation you're in, depending on the company you're in, the, where you are in your career, the country you're in culturally. There's probably multiple answers. But I was, I was thinking about this um, leading up to this episode. I'm trying to make it as actionable, as specific as possible when we say whole self to work. What, what does that mean? And I think I try to boil it down into um, as long as you are comfortable, quote unquote, comfortable with yourself in your work environment, that is your whole self. And that whole self doesn't mean everything in your life, 100% of your life needs to be shared. But um, you don't want to feel at your workplace, which takes up 30% of our life, 50% of our waking life. In that, that kind of very significant time, you don't want to feel any discomfort where you have to um, not say, share things about your life. And it could be simple things, you know, are you a Democrat or a Republican? You know, it doesn't have to be anything major. But I've experienced that and seen that as, as well, where you are careful about what you say, about what you share, and that level of whatever amount that is of being careful puts mental stress on you. And maybe it doesn't at work. It doesn't allow you to you know, be as effective as you want to be, rising your career as, as you want to be. So this, this idea for me of comfort, and that's why I started with saying, there's multiple answers to this, I'm sure. Like we don't have one answer depending on your environment. But if you have a self-measure, um, I think it has to be around um, how comfortable you are. Are you actively being careful to say or not say things? I'll just share one a small anecdote uh, that made me think of this. It's something my father said to me probably when I was a teenager as good life advice. He said, Tony, the best policy is, of course, just, just tell the truth. You know, don't lie. Just cross the board. Why? For this exact reason, he said, the moment you lie about something, you always have to remember what you lied about. And then it's just the mental stress that you don't need to remember who you said this to, who you said that to. So best policy, just to make your life easy, tell the truth. And that same kind of model, um, I, I think, applies to bring your whole self to work, just to a level where you don't have the stress of being careful about presenting who you are. So that's my high level. You know, we'll dig into a lot of, I think, details. What are your thoughts, Bill, on bringing your whole self to work? I hadn't thought of comfort, but I think that's a great word. And, and as you say, the extra energy that you have to put out in order to fit in, mm -hmm. to adapt yourself to a setting is uh, interesting. And I, I thought about that um, in my own career. Mm. Um, I almost could see what I probably needed to do, how to be if I was going to be in a particular setting, corporate ladder climber or something like that, that I knew wouldn't feel like me, wouldn't feel particularly, uh, you know, the way I had the exact right suit and other things. So, so that's kind of interesting, um, the comfort you, you, and not feeling comfortable in your own skin or your own self. And then the other thing is, is the sharing part. You know, I, I tend to share and be pretty social and be pretty open. And I think I also, and that served me well in many ways. And, 
I think part of it is I, uh, I'm curious about other people. So I want to know about them and get to know them. So, you know, you build trust by sharing a bit about your life and, and then they share a little bit about their, your, and you go back and forth on that, right? So it's not so transactional and you build relationships. But as you say, you know, what do you share and how much of it you share? And I think we'll get more into that. And I've had that over my career could show you some pros and cons to it. You know, I was at a, uh, a conference a couple of years ago. It was a business technology conference. And one of the themes there was kind of bring your whole self to work. It's kind of a big theme. And uh, I was a participant in the conference, it was a tech business conference. And it actually went really well. And people were sharing you know, their musical past and being in bands or, or sports kind of past before they got into their world or even a uh, stressed out um, married mother of three talking about how chaotic her home life was and, and then sharing that and a great talk. And those were actually, they, they, I thought went really well. And I actually did a, a mindfulness meditation session um, that you, know, you wouldn't expect there that, that was really well perceived. And that's kind of a big interest of mine. So there were things there that I think really worked. So I'm kind of very pro that. And then the keynote speaker really was encouraging people, almost motivational speaker, dive in, just, you know, just be yourself and everything. And they had a panel discussion after, and, and that raised some questions for me because there were unanswered questions, like a more junior person, like worrying about being judged, um, about sharing certain elements of their life, generational elements about being judged. And so I kind of walked away wondering about that, it, you know, the, what are the pros and cons of this idea? Coming out of 2020, uh, with more and more people seeing uh, your living space and your home and your your you know crazy working and life balance and all that, so so it's really an interesting topic right now. Yeah, I think that term "bring your whole self to work" is fraught at the surface level. It makes sense, but what do you mean by "whole"? Is it your kids in the background, your your dogs uh, in in our kind of peeking into our home life uh, in this pandemic time? Is it as you said, bringing something? Uh, sharing your hobbies or your, as a young person, maybe a side gig or startup um, that you're passionate about. But um, somebody would say, like, why is Tony like not dedicating 100% of his time to our work, you know, um, if it was that kind of work culture? So there are those pros and cons. And I think, I mean, we have to find a measure. As I said, I think there's no, there's no one measure. Uh, every environment is going to be different. I mean, in terms of pros, what they, what they say, of course, is that with the diversity of opinion, thought, experience that you can bring in, you know, we're, if we're all rubber stamped, as you mentioned, um, in culturally wearing suits to work and sharing the same ideas and kind of being uh, what they call an echo chamber, uh, you're missing out of the value of, of all of your employees at work. So for the company, and I believe it's true, bringing your outside experience, bringing your experience where you can connect things outside your industry. We often talk about in this, in this podcast, what is the commonality between writing good music and, write, and writing good programming code? And we say maybe it's elegance, you know, just the perfect amount of code, the perfect amount of musical structure, song structure, et cetera. And bringing those kind of concepts to, to, to the office are the benefits. That's what we hope. Diversity of opinion, when you're building, in our case, when I was building software, being aware of people with disabilities, being aware of people with different cultural backgrounds to say like, this design doesn't make sense. So that's the, the benefit of, for the company to bring yourself to work. And as we said, for ourselves personally, you want to be able to contribute everything. 
where our guests have sometimes mentioned, if you don't have the opportunity to contribute, to use your everything you're interested in at work, you have to find that outlet somewhere else. That's why we're often in bands or painting, because there's some part of us that needs to, in the in the other 50% of our waking life, needs to be expressed. And if we're able to do that at work, you know, that's that's a integrated life, we hope, you know you're fulfilled and you're able to kind of live to your fullest. So those are the the, the pros. Cons, of course, we mentioned. Um, so I'll just give some examples. We can't give a good standard here. It really, I think, is dependent on your company, your position in the company, your country of origin. So I know, for example, uh, working with global teams, we come from, you and I, from kind of an American work background culture, but the culture is very different in other companies. So where you grew up, where you went to school, in India, unfortunately, the caste system, which is not official anymore, but sometimes that lingers. Um, so I know uh, people who hide where they go to school, where they grew up, um, those type of things. And those are the things even in the US we have to consider. You're in a group of people in the Silicon Valley and they all came from Stanford um, and you you didn't. So the, the cons are, are trickier. The cons are trickier. Well, that's, a, that's actually an interesting one because I think about my own career. Early in my career, I worked lots of technical people uh, other engineers, and you know, I was really a doer and figuring things out, and system engineer, and and, uh, and we had kind of similar backgrounds. You know, we weren't all didn't come from computer scientists. You figured it out. It was kind of their early internet days, PC revolution days, all that, right? It was kind of an industry founded by dropouts, so we all kind of fit in together, right? And when I moved into philanthropy, all of a sudden, my peers were all PhDs, professors, Cornell, Harvard graduates lawyers, CPAs. And uh, that was a different feeling. And, you know, and, and there's this element of this working class kid from, you know, Brooklyn and Queens. And what am I doing here? Basically, since IT was such a new kind of profession, almost met with that too. Like, you know, like, oh, you did, you know, I remember hearing, you know, you, you know, you, oh, you didn't actually have to go to school to learn what you did <laughs> or you do, you know, like, <laughs> backhanded compliment. <laughs> Are you impressed by that or not impressed? Yeah, by that? no, I don't think they're impressed at all. <laughs> so, what do you do there, right? Do you try to pretend you're somehow, you know, born into that and educated? No, I mean, you, you have to kind of lean into your own authentic self and and be comfortable, which you know I was able to do, and and uh, which was good. But but that's a good point. It's maybe not as stated here, but culturally, it's still something, right, that you have to take into account. And I think people struggle with the times. And once again, goes back to kind of your comfort in your own skin and, and trying to be authentic. You, as you said, the uh, whole self maybe isn't a good word. I, I like um, the idea of you know, being your authentic self. And so I've been kind of thinking a bit about this and we've talked a little bit about it. What does authenticity mean? Because it sounds like, well, if you're not authentic, you must be inauthentic. That doesn't sound so good. Nobody wants, well, I you know brought my inauthentic self to work. It sounds almost, you know, He's sketchy. So, so I was I saw an article and I think it was psychology today. And I, and the terms they used I really liked was um, authentic self or adaptive self. And your adaptive self is the self you kind of learned, you know, how to fit in. And as a society, we in many ways, your parents, your friends, your teachers, your culture gets you to conform to a lot of things. I and mean, we do that inside and that maybe makes for a functioning society, but we learn a lot of skills of how to fit in. And that's kind of our adaptive self. So we go into a place and we start adapting to some of the norms there and whatnot. 
And you may not even know what your authentic self is yet because you've been kind of told from a very early age that you behave this way, you act this way, this is what you know you should be doing and, and you how you should be act. And, uh, and you might have to do some, uh, some kind of, uh, not soul searching, but, but reflection and, and ex- gain some experience in, in figuring out what your authentic self is. And, and then that might be where that discomfort comes from too, is you might not even know, and you might be in something for, and I've seen this with professionals where you're, you know, you're unhappy, you get to kind of midwife and you're, you know, you're, you realize that, no, I did not want to be a lawyer or whatever, but, you know, I was supposed to become a professional and these were the expectations and I fit in and I, you know, was very successful and I'm very unhappy. Why, why are they unhappy? They're not being authentic and it doesn't feel right. And on the inside, they really wanted to, you know, be uh, an artist maybe, or uh, running around in a tutu at Burning Man or, or something. So, so that's pretty interesting. That idea. You have any thoughts on authenticity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me throw something out there and see what your reaction is, because I often have a similar conversation with my teams at work uh, around uh, authentic versus adaptive. I don't use those terms. Uh, I use words like uh, behavior versus core personality or something like that. So the the conversation I often have at work is that you have the power. We have the power. I want to talk to my teams to. I'll use the, this phrase: adapt your behavior to the situation. You know, don't feel like if you have a personality type, and many, many of us do, introverts, extroverts, et cetera, that is kind of your only uh, mode of operation. You have the power to adapt your behavior. And that's normal. That's okay. You know, this is uh, to be adaptive in a positive way. So would you said authentic versus adaptive? Maybe adaptive has a negative connotation. But the example that I give is imagine like when you're with your parents, you, you communicate to them in a different way versus with your friends versus with your teachers. And if that's normal, and it is, why wouldn't you communicate with different people at work uh, in in an adaptive way based on the situation? You're trying to get the most effective result. It doesn't mean that you're inauthentic. It just means that you're aware. This is to your point as well about learning, taking some time to the experience to learn what your authentic self is. If I think you have that self-awareness, you kind of can avoid this trap. I know what my kind of core values are, authentic self. And I choose to adapt my behavior based on the situation. If you're less aware of yourself, uh, what you said, to kind of gain the experience about who you are. So this kind of self-awareness is very important. You run into the risk of, of being adaptive and going against your core values, those type of things. So, so what's, what's your thoughts about adapting your behavior versus adapting your kind of core values or personality? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I, I think that I think fitting in, in some ways, is a strength, right? So I... Uh... And I think, you know, adaptive to me sounds kind of, doesn't sound so much like a negative thing. It sounds like you're flexible. And I guess that goes back to, you know, are you bending to fit in somewhere or are you breaking yourself? And that goes back to comfort and how much friction there is. And, and some people just can't adapt there. I'm sure, you know, if you, you could think of who, who you know, you just, it's just kind of a square peg in a round hole or, it's about being flexible, being self-aware, being flexible, being mindful of situations. And that, that comes with emotional intelligence too, right? So that's the other part. And I think the self-awareness part of it is, I, I like that you said, you, you have the, uh, the power, the, we kind of create and project ourselves. So we, 
we're not limited to the particular self that we are, and we shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't say, I'm this way, and that's the way I am. That doesn't make sense, right? Um, people should actually be able to uh, think about their their selves, their personalities, and, and shape and project them in the right way. But I think it, it has to match your values so that there isn't friction, there isn't discomfort. And that's probably what probably a little more maybe of what we get in society, right? If you're not self-aware or mindful about it, or if you're missing some emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think we hit it on a very important point, which was what I was hoping for in our conversation to kind of learn something uh, that we uh, didn't know before the conversation. It's around the self-awareness, as you said, experience to kind of discover your actual self and what we touched on earlier, situationally, uh, you know, the cons of bringing your authentic whole self to work is multiple answers based on your situation. So self-awareness comes into that. So if we can maybe offer any uh, framework or suggestion to our, our audience, it's um, observing yourself, like what's, what are your core values? And as you said, there's a breaking point. Once you adapt, maybe the ethics of your team, your company are against your core values. And that at that point, you know, you ethically may resign. I mean, that's the most extreme case. Um, but um, if you're not self-aware, you you, uh, you thread that there's there's a uh, there's danger in there if you're not self-aware. Yes, and I and I think it, it's um, about kind of asking yourself questions too, right? And having that dialogue either with yourself or with someone else. And if you haven't, like say, if you kind of passively moved in a direction, professional goals, life goals, based on all those formative elements we talked about, right? You, you might not get that self-awareness or maybe it may, may not become apparent, maybe very subconscious that there's a friction until it's then out in the open and there's yeah, a, yeah. a problem, right? You, so much of that. Yeah, we've talked about the, the idea of um, uh, swimming towards golds or floating um, was one of our, uh, our topics way back. And I certainly think I probably floated and organically moved through a lot of things and worked out really well for me in many ways, but didn't step back and ask questions earlier on in my life and my career that I think got expressed then later on. So, and that's kind of interesting for sharing too, because earlier in my career and when I was more a junior, it was very easy to share uh, about my life because it was very traditional you know, I was raising a you know, family. Mm -hmm. I was living in the suburbs in a big house. I was, yeah, doing all the things that everybody was doing, right? So, and, and that just all made sense to share and very kind of uh, accepted and mainstream. And in the last dozen years, after going through challenges and a divorce, my life changed a lot. And that was really true, a lot of self-exploration. You know, there's other things like spending time in the Amazon jungle with shamans and going to Burning Man and other experiences that are even less mainstream than those two, right? And oh, how much of that do you share? And and how much of that is professional? And I was I was fortunate in a very kind of open, uh, uh, liberal, progressive kind of organization, so it's kind of easy to do. But I was also much more senior at that point and established in my career, so the questions weren't as uh, a big an issue. But you can see where that could become a problem if you just bring that in right away to, to something, or if it doesn't match with the culture of an organization and the outlook, or even just your boss, if he can't, he or she can't kind of connect with that. 
Yeah. You had experiences like that. I also have gone to Burning Man. You and I went mm-hmm. to Burning Man together. And of course, I shared people were interested in that. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know what Burning Man is, but I'm also a little careful to say, uh, not like craziest things happen in Burning Man, but you know, I don't share everything that happens in Burning Man. <laughs> uh, for, for this for this reason, I, who knows how how uh, people react to it. I used to work for uh, a very conservative company, a multi-century uh, old company, and not that it was like everybody in the company was like from the 1800s like attitude, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's different than uh, Silicon Valley startup or something like that. So uh, I was aware of that. I don't you know, it, to our earlier conversation. I don't think that was um, that was adaptive rather than inauthentic. Let's say you know that's that's a great term that uh, I think we can start to use. It didn't hurt me in any way uh, to like uh, not share everything. We have been talking, so I, I think we should touch a little bit on what's professional. Professional is my favorite word, by the way, uh, at work. Like it's for me, it's a it's a word that embodies a lot of things that we uh, we should think about. Because we have been talking whole self, and it maybe sound a little um, individual. What's good for me? Bring your whole self to work. But uh, we are talking about work. You know, work. You know, bringing your whole self to your life is is one thing, but bringing your whole self to work is. Uh, requires a little extra thought. So I think uh, I'll just say out there, um, again, maybe to get your feedback, I think there is a professional standard. You know, we're talking about what's good for us and what's comfortable for us to share or dangerous for us to share, we'll caution. But I would say that if you do work in a company, you know, um, and then we're talking about our work, we have some responsibility to the company to be professional. Uh, so for example, there's some things we generally don't bring up at work. And we understand that. And I I think many of us would agree. I think maybe some would disagree, but generally we don't bring up religion, politics. You know, we save that for outside of work. You know, that's not the topic we um, have to like debate with our colleagues. In fact, professionally, professionally, you know, we're um, if we disagree with our colleagues um, in some of those areas, professionally, we're I think should be asked to like put that aside because we're not at work to get like full integration with the team. Integration is the wrong word. We're at work to produce our business results. We're there together as a as a collective group of people kind of with kind of a business subject. And some things are, are meant uh, to be left uh, out of work. So that's an example of just professional standards, as well as you said, kind of being a senior or, or a junior as a senior person, again, speaking to our audience for, for, for them to think about as a manager of people, I think you have even higher professional standard. Uh, you may want to be authentic and that's, that's it's a very laudable goal um, and you should be. But uh, I, have, I use a term when I talk to my team as well, the difference between being friends and being friendly. What I say is, unfortunately, uh, as a manager and a direct report, like, we can't be friends. It sounds very harsh because, <laughs> because there's some responsibilities I have to the company that would never be between friends. I might have to update your salary. The worst things I might have to lay off. I might have to withhold information from you. Those things don't belong between friends. But professionally, I have, we have a standard to be friendly. Even if I disagree with you, about your politics, your religion, et cetera, strongly or weakly. My professional standard is to be friendly, to keep the culture of the team going well. Brought up something, which is the kind of the, what is the professional standard? Mm-hmm. And you brought up two, uh, uh, politics and religion. And, and in, in our uh, world right now, politics is very, particularly a very divisive topic. Interesting, like if you're in a very political leaning organization, which in some ways I was in a very progressive philanthropy doing social justice work for years. And so most of the it's almost self-selecting in some ways, you're going to come in there. But I'm sure there was a few people there who, who had more conservative leanings, who didn't agree, probably more in the uh, operational investment, whatever side of the house. 
you know, so, so obviously those people had to feel a little, uh, out of place and, and, and watch what they say, I imagine. And then the other thing is, uh, that, that comes into professional sands is social media. You know, if your profile on there, and I've seen this, I've had, I've had uh, direct reports even who kind of really knew what to say, what to not say in person, but then would take to social media and they were, you know, connected to various people on various platforms who they worked with and would just be sharing all kinds of opinions that I don't think colored them in a good light. And I've tried to actually talk to them about it and they kind of knew they had a little bit of an issue with it. But, you know, so there's that element too, the blurring between being able to compartmentalize your professional life and your personal life has changed so much because of social media, also now because of Zoom. So, so that is quite interesting how you hold those kind of professional standards and keep it separate. So I think you almost have to be more thoughtful about it than even before. Instead of answers, we're, we're get, asking more questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not us, but uh, us as a society. What do you see in, in my background working from home? And we're talking about maybe we should all be fully remote forever, you know, and then, then we're really blurring the lines. And, and as you said, is my social media, how much of that is the right of my employer to be judging me on? You know, it's my outside of work life, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, no answers from me, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing, I, I, and going, maybe going back to we're paying some of it as negative, and I think that there is such a positive to it, the uh, kind of the diversity element, hearing different voices as a side, we need to be better at that anyway. And, and that can only help um, our organizations as well. And kind of the more inclusive uh, collective experience and understanding that. And then also, I think kind of generationally, I think there's a shift going on where, as I said, you used to be the corporate person and you, you, you know, there's a certain type and you went to work and then you left that at you know, nine to five and you came home and, and those things were very separate in a lot of ways. And you also had to maybe not be vulnerable about what you were going through. And I, I think the pandemic has allowed for people to show a little more vulnerability, um, which I think I was actually was quite good at compartmentalizing. Even if I was going through a challenging time in my life, I almost was able to turn to work pretty easily and block all that out. But I know everybody can't do that. Maybe that's not such a good issue to be allowed to let people know, hey, I'm going through a tough time. This is what's going on in my life. Um, I need a mental health day, whatever it is, right? And and I think there's uh, more acceptance of that as seen as a strength than a weakness, um, which I think it probably would have been taken as in prior generations. I, I agree. I mean, if anything, this is, um, we're talking about the our individual actions we would take, but if anything, it's a, it's a call to us as in, in our case and, and others in our audience, maybe managers, leaders, organizations to provide this environment, this accepting environment uh, in, in another world, radical acceptance. Do I have that right, Bill? <laughs> yes, radical acceptance. Sounds great. Burning man value. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there is a societal change happening. We don't know the, the end result, but um, this is definitely happening. And in this direction, more acceptance, uh, more diversity. And it has, you know, uh, besides personal value as individuals, uh, uh, as we said, to be as fulfilled as possible, it has values to um, our teams and our companies and society as well, as you said, bringing in those diverse opinions, diverse thoughts that say a monolithic culture, leadership culture um, may, may be missing. So uh, it's an encouragement. I, I think. Uh, very few people, when they hear us talking, would disagree. 
Um, just like we have self-awareness as individuals about being authentic or adaptive, let's call for self-awareness of managers, like, uh, leadership to be also self-aware of their organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and very intentional about it. I think intentionality is kind of a key part of getting your teams, your organizations and society through it. If you don't do it intentionally, your own biases and kind of uh, formulation of how you've spent your life and habits and all that and patterns will just continue on. So you have to be very intentional about these things. What's our last topic? We had one last one. What's... <laughs> I don't know if I have any final thoughts. I, I really like the, uh, where we went with the authentic and adaptive conversation. I'm going to think about that a lot more connecting it back to your core values. And there are lots of great kind of online exercises, coaching tools for this. You know, I use some of this stuff in my own coaching practice. And it goes back to kind of asking questions of yourself. And I think we often don't do that. So either being asked a question that really triggers something and you're like, hmm, or finding ways to, you know, ask yourself questions is a great exercise. And I'd almost recommend people think about that piece of it for themselves as you know, something maybe to take out of this and, and try yeah. on a little bit and see where they fit. Agreed, agreed. And I'll echo something you said that um, was very perceptive that maybe we spent a lot of time talking about the cautions of bringing yourself to work uh, in this past hour or so, um, but probably that, that does not reflect uh, what we're actually seeing in society and we're, we're much more moving in the right direction. And um, mm-hmm. I think if we raise any points to to be aware of, we should not be so strong to say, be very cautious about bringing your whole self to work. I think we're in, in, a, in an age now where um, that's going to be very much uh, welcome and accepted and uh, we'll all get the benefits of that. Definitely. Throw caution to the wind. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great. Well, this has been uh, a lot of fun. It has been. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can email us at podcast at theartistengineer.com if you have show ideas or want to follow up with feedback or just want to say hi. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to connect. You can find more information about this episode in the show notes at www.theartistengineer.com. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, please leave an iTunes review as it helps the show get discovered by more people. And also hit the subscribe button.